So, Lord Buddha um, taught the the Dharma in India first in Varanasi, uh, and then turned the wheel of Dharma two more times after that. So the Buddha uh, uh, turned the wheel of Dharma for a total of uh, three times. Uh, The first teaching uh, was given in Varanasi, India, and it was called the first turning of the wheel. Uh, and it was the Four Noble Truths were taught there. The second uh, turning of the wheel is the uh, Heart Sutra, and the third turning of the wheel is called the Wheel of Good Differentiation. So these are the three turnings of the wheel, and the first being the Four Noble Truths. So the Four Noble Truths were taught uh, in the following way. The Buddha stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, and this is the superior truth of path. So in that statement, the Buddha showed how one is first bound to cyclic existence uh, and the cause and effect relationship uh, between the first two truths. Uh, And then it shows how one is freed from cyclic existence and the cause and effect relationship between the third and fourth noble truth. Uh, So this is what was taught at the first turning of the wheel of Dharma. uh, And it was called the turning of the wheel of the four noble truths. So the Four Noble Truths can be explained according to the three different capacities. So the Four Noble Truths can be explained according to the um, teachings or trainings for beings of small capacity, uh, it can also be explained for the teaching, um, according to the teachings for beings of medium capacity and then great capacity. And currently we're dealing with the Four Noble Truths according to the teachings given for beings of medium capacity. So if we were to explain the Four Noble Truths according to the teachings for beings of small capacity, we would look at first that truth of suffering uh, being the lower realms of cyclic existence according to that capacity. So just the lower realms would be the truth of suffering. The origin of suffering would be the karma and afflictions that give rise to that particular experience, the suffering of the lower realms of cyclic existence. And then the truth of cessation, according to small capacity, would be the cessation of the lower realms of cyclic existence uh, and a higher realm rebirth 
And then the truth of path would refer to the ethics that abandons those ten non-virtuous activities. Uh, and this is how one then, uh, um, coupled with pr other practices, is able to then um, abandon the lower realms of cyclic existence. So this is how the Four Noble Truths would be uh, looked at according to the teachings for beings of, of small capacity. ตัวเยเบเยเบตงเนเจบัตมาเบตงเนเจบัตเยกุญูเนเจบัตเตตงเนเจบัตมาเบตงเนเจบัตเยกุญูเนเจบัตเตตงเนเจบัตมาเบต
uh, for the sake of all sentient beings um, um, is the um, um, way in which the great vehicle um, is practiced. It's independence upon the small and medium scope and then developing love and compassion for sentient beings and then wishing to become a Buddha for the sake of them. Then the do the the Demaji Jipo Chembo. Tajibu Chimbo Dwata Dembajita Chungata Chung Dabajita Ding Dabajita Chibu Chibu Dabu Marga. Okay. Chungata Tungu Laja Dita Tungu Laja Balatena Shaju Sam Lushaya. So the Four Noble Truths are practiced and understood in a similar way as we find in the common with the teachings of beings of small and medium capacity, but then love and compassion are uh, generated as well in order to realize that final goal um, um, that is brought about um, by that love and compassion that turns into bodhicitta or the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So today we'll look at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment and then specifically the section on the training the mind and the stage of the path shared in common with beings of medium capacity. So when we look at the outline in this text, we'll find that there are four categories. First, we have the mental training. Uh, the second category is um, the measure of the determination to be free or the measure of one's renunciation. Uh, the third category is called dispelling misconceptions. Uh, and then the fourth category is ascertaining the nature of the path uh, leading to liberation. So these are the four categories uh, that we find in Lama Tsongkhapa's text. Um, and then uh, we find the, the, the training the mind, uh, I'm sorry, the teachings for beings of medium capacity section uh, starts in English on page 265. Uh, so that's where we find the beginning of the uh, uh, medium scope. Uh, we find the outline there, 265. And we're actually a little further in than that, but Rinpoche said we'll uh, just tell everybody where we are in the text and where that medium scope begins so everyone would know. Then in Kabak, it's in Dendel. Um, so there are these are the four categories. Uh, first, the mental training. Uh, the mental training uh, is referring to actual renunciation or the desire to definitely emerge. Uh, so that's what the mental training is referring to. Uh, the measure of the determination to re to be free is what. Um, how does one know? if there has been a generation in one's continuum of renunciation or the determination to be free. So what is the measure of that realization? How does, what qualifies as that realization having happened? And then the third category is dispelling misconceptions. So Rinpoche said that today uh, we're going to uh, be going over that third category of uh, dispelling um, misconceptions. Uh, so that's on... Uh, 
Um, so, uh, in this particular section, dispelling misconceptions, we have two categories. Uh, the first category is what is a misconception? What is a wrong way of thinking? Um, and then the so that's the first category. Uh, and then the second category is how do you abandon? How one abandons that wrong way of thinking? Uh, so these are the two categories uh, that are explained. Lutu 
So this first category um, in the dispelling misconception section, uh, which is um, what exactly is a misconception, is the misconception, um, um, a summary of that misconception is that uh, according to some, uh, only the hearers and solitary realizers actually generate uh, a desire to definitely emerge or a renunciation um, because it seems the bodhisattva um, doesn't generate renunciation because he or she likes cyclic existence or wants to be in cyclic existence. Um, so therefore, the bodhisattva does not generate renunciation. So this is the misconception that some uh, have asserted um, that's um, going to be negated. Um, so uh, now Rinpoche said we'll read the text and look at what Laman Tsongkhapa says. So, um, so we'll read. Uh, so, dispelling misconceptions, the qualm. Although it is inappropriate in the Hinayana to cultivate disenchant. I'm sorry. How, although it is appropriate in the Hinayana, so here Hinayana is referring to the hearer and solitary realizer vehicles. Uh, so although it is appropriate in the Hinayana to cultivate disenchantment with cyclic existence, it is inappropriate for bodhisattvas, for if bodhisattvas were to cultivate intense disgust and disenchantment with cyclic existence, they would be like the shravakas and fall into an extreme of peace, having become displeased with their involvement in cyclic existence. As the 
sutra of showing the Tathagata's inconceivable secret states. Uh, Bodhisattva's uh, thinking of ma the maturation of living beings views cyclic existence as beneficial. Accordingly, they do not view great nirvana, liberation, as beneficial to the maturation of beings. Um, so here, this is what has been misinterpreted or, or misunderstood by some, uh, this statement uh, that would seem that the hearers and solitary realizers generate this uh, desire to emerge or, or renunciation, but bodhisattvas uh, do not. Um, so that's, these are some of the sources of that misunderstanding of uh, um, that, that point. What about the Lobatova thing? Is that it? That Lobatova said what the letter Saji did in the Jay. Jajibe, Lobat Lotusa or Kapatala, Saji did in a Tomlin Melemore. The Chu de Long Kanga Losa, the Gonga Mepaching, a long Yajalusumare. Son Sajimashev and Dora Wangarunga, Son Sajimashev and Dole, Sajo Sabanane, Sajin Rosso, Pimpani, your own ass, Sajo Sabazo, and the Sajan of Mimichinja the Shamba you are there, and the Sajana Juma Mimba Mibishado, and over there, Mamiba Mimba in your own air, Mibichado. ควาลเพนตัวตาวสควาลเพนตัวตาวสงดวสอันนี้ที่สุดควาลกับอยู่อะไรควาลมากับอยู่มาเรสคุดตัวสันนิษฐานเนี่ยนุ่งสนเทีย
Were bodhisattvas to fear involvement in cyclic existence, they would fall to a destitute place. And then it says, and also Bhagavan, whereas the Shravakas fear involvement in cyclic existence, bodhisattvas voluntarily take innumerable rebirths in cyclic existence. So here is this more supporting material for the misconception that uh, bodhisattvas don't generate renunciation. Only the, the hearers, solitary realizers of the Hinayana vehicle do. Uh, and now we'll have a response. We'll have uh, um, the negation of that misconception in this next part where it says response. Oggi <laughs> Nutrition Chuomajasse, Chi Saint-Lapoche, 
so now um, Lama Tsongkhapa is uh, going to respond and say, okay, this sutra is where the misconception has happened. Some have misinterpreted this particular text, and this is what it really means. Um, so it says, response, this is a great error that misconstrues the sutra's meaning. For the sutra passage that says, thus bodhisattvas should not become disenchanted with cyclic existence, does not teach bodhisattvas not to be disgusting with, disgusted with the sufferings of birth, aging, illness, death, and so on, the result of our wandering through cyclic existence under the influence of our karma and afflictions. So because of our karma and afflictions, uh, one has to experience the suffering of birth, the suffering of aging, the suffering of illness, the suffering of death, uh, and all of the other types of suffering. Uh, so this particular text is not stating that the bodhisattvas are not disgusted with those aspects of cyclic existence. It's merely showing that the bodhisattva has to have joyous perseverance in order to work for the sake of others within cyclic existence. So it says, rather, the sutra teaches joyous perseverance. In order to train in the bodhisattva's activities for the sake of others until the end of cyclic existence, bodhisattvas must put on armor, uh, courage. Once they do this, even all, if all the sufferings of all beings were collected and the bodhisattvas constantly experienced them mentally and physically, they would still persevere joyously, delighting in the magnificent deeds that help others without becoming disenchanted with or frightened by the sufferings. Thus, the Buddha said that bodhisattvas must not be disenchanted with cyclic existence. So here, the Buddha was stating that the bodhisattva has to uh, joyously persevere within cyclic existence for the sake of others uh, in order to achieve theirs and others' aims, theirs and others' goals. It's not saying that they aren't disgusted with the sufferings that are occurring um, because they are um, uh, willing to undergo them joyously in order to help others um, and have to be willing to undergo them. So here it says, uh, in order to train in the bodhisattva's activities for the sake of others until the end of cyclic existence. So this is saying that the sutra teaches joyous perseverance uh, so that the bodhisattva can train in the six perfections, the perfection of generosity, the perfection of ethics, uh, the perfection um, of... Uh, um, patience, the, the perfection of concentration, the perfection of uh, uh, missed one, the perfection of uh, generosity, the perfection of uh, ethics, the perfection of patience, the perfection of effort, the perfection of concentration, and the perfection of wisdom. Uh, so these are the six perfections that the Bodhisattva trains in for the sake of sentient beings and does so joyously and needs to be in cyclic existence in order to train in those things. Uh, so this is why it shows that the Bodhisattva, um, it, it states that the Bodhisattva must not be disenchanted with cyclic existence because he or she has to, 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 to dwell there to help others. In this section, Rinpoche said, where uh, um, there, uh, the band, this uh, point, there's eight points that are, John Rinpoche says, that are being made within this section. Pungo 
So then we have uh, Master Chandra Kirti's response. So it says, Thus the Buddha said that bodhisattvas must not be disenchanted with cyclic existence. So it's saying that uh, it would. It's not so. It's saying that the Buddha didn't intend to to say that a bodhisattva doesn't have renunciation for the sufferings of cyclic existence, the suffering of birth, the suffering of aging, the suffering of sickness, the suffering of death. Uh, it's saying that uh, the bodhisattva has to dwell in cyclic existence in order to train, in order to practice. Um, so it says, Master Chandrakirti says, bodhisattvas who take on the sufferings of all beings moment by moment until the end of cyclic existence do not fear harm to their bodies or minds. Bodhisattvas who take on the sufferings of all beings simultaneously until the end of cyclic existence delight in this activity. Each instant of joyous perseverance acts as the cause whose effect produces boundless collections of wealth, bringing omniscience to all beings. Once bodhisattvas understands this, it is appropriate for them to take hundreds of rebirths. So um, this actual taking on of the suffering uh, and joyously persevering through it uh, is a practice of the bodhisattva. So they do not fear harm to their bodies or minds. So there isn't this fear um, uh, because of um, their goal, because of, of their aim. And it's very similar to what we find in the um, uh, the, the Guru Puja um, and we'll, at the break I'll find the exact quote but it states that for the sake of one being that a Bodhisattva would be willing uh, to stay for eons in a place of suffering um, uh, so uh, very similar to Chandrakirti's quote um, very, that's very similar to the intention in, in Chandrakirti's quote here Tanji um, so, 
It says that then here it says the purpose. Um, Chandrakirti is saying that the purpose of this, the bodhisattvas do this uh, uh, to produce boundless collections of wealth, to bring omniscience to all beings. It says once understanding this, it is appropriate for them to take hundreds of rebirths. So it's appropriate for them to take on all hundreds of forms of suffering uh, in order to um, produce boundless collections of wealth and bring omniscience to all beings. And then it says in order to emphasize this point, Chandrakirti then cites aforementioned sutra passage from the sutra of showing the Tathagata's uh, inconceivable uh, Secret. So then Chandrakirti then cites the sutra here uh, as the source for this misconception that's been um, brought about by some people, some writers or by others. Then Okay, so the second section about the how to abandon, um, um, there are eight categories. If, I, if I've mixed that up, I'll let you know as we get further in. But I believe that this uh, first category deals with the actual misconception that we've gone over. Uh, and then the next category deals with the clarification uh, and abandonment of that misconception. Uh, and there are eight categories. So this section we've gone through with Chandrakirti's point and so forth is the first section among the eight in the second category. Sanjay so, it says, uh, the sa same sutra states that cyclic existence should be viewed as beneficial because bodhisattvas gain happiness proportionate to the effort they make when they strive for the welfare of living beings. Uh, so this is the second point that's going to be made in that, uh, according to those categories. Um, so bodhisattvas um, could could abide in places like the land of great bliss um, uh, and Tashita and um, uh, some of the other higher pure lands. Um, so they could abide there, um, but they wish to be born into our world. And the reason for this um, is because 
there aren't sufferings in those pure lands, uh, so they aren't able to see suffering. They aren't able to hear of sufferings um, and experience them. And as a result, it makes it very difficult to achieve or realize a very firm type of renunciation. It's very difficult to generate compassion for others without being able to see their suffering or hear of their suffering. Uh, so therefore, bodhisattvas actually pray to not be born into pure lands where there is no suffering and pray to be born into our world systems in order to experience those things so that their realizations of, of renunciation, so that their realizations of love and compassion, bodhicitta, are very strong uh, and strengthened as they progress um, instead of uh, having no ability to have an object of observation of that renunciation or love or compassion. Sibala Chumbayin the same sutra states that cyclic existence should be viewed as beneficial because bodhisattvas gain happiness proportionate to the effort they make when they strive for the welfare of living beings. Hence, the Buddha says that not being disenchanted with cyclic existence means not being disenchanted with accomplishing the good of living beings in cyclic existence as well as enjoying this activity. So the bodhisattvas should delight in, should find joy in working for the needs of others, uh, um, working for uh, what others, uh, whatever the purposes. Uh, the, um, so uh, the statement is that the bodhisattva abides for the purpose of others. Um, so because of this, uh, he or she, uh, because their main goal, their main purpose is to work for others, uh, they delight in it because they're able to do that uh, in this world system. Um, and that's what they want to be doing, so they delight in it. Um, and that, uh, that is their whole purpose, their whole aim. So they're able to actually fulfill it, uh, so this gives them uh, joy. <laughs> ジェパレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロスンバレッサンスンバロ
So number three shows how the bodhisattvas actually have a larger degree of a desire to definitely emerge or renunciation uh, than the, the hearer and solitary realizer practitioner. Um, so this point is now made uh, about the, um, the kind of level of the renunciation um, that the bodhisattva is able to generate because of um, the other practices that he or she does compared to the Hinayana practitioner. When you wander through cyclic existence by the power of karma, so this is number three. Uh, when you wander through cyclic existence by the power of karma and afflictions, you are tormented by many sufferings. If you are unable to accomplish even your own aims, what need is there to mention that you cannot accomplish those of others? Since such wandering is the door to all problems, bodhisattvas must be even more disenchanted with cyclic existence than Hinayana practitioners and must stop their own wandering caused by karma and the afflictions. Nevertheless, bodhisattvas must enjoy being reborn in cyclic existence through their aspirational prayers and compassion. These two ways of be re being reborn uh, are not the same. So uh, here it's saying that being born under the influence or force 
of love and compassion is not the same as being born uh, under the influence of karma and afflictions or being forced by karma and affliction. So it's, and it's saying that the bodhisattva's disenchantment with cyclic existence is actually greater than that of the Hinayana practitioner because they recognize first that they must get out and then recognize that all others also have to get out. So they're... Um, recognition of all of these types of, of suffering and needs to emerge makes their own renunciation much stronger um, than a Hinayanist who is just trying to uh, get rid of their own sufferings uh, and not emphasizing the sufferings of everyone else as well. Um, so um, it's saying uh, when you wander through cyclic existence by the power of karma and afflictions you are tormented by many sufferings. Rinpoche read it twice. If you are unable to accomplish even your own aims, if you're unable to emerge yourself or, or have a desire to definitely emerge, what need is there to mention that you cannot accomplish those of others? If you haven't found that you need to emerge, how could you accomplish the, the, the needs of others, which, which is the help making them emerge? Um, so how could you see their need to emerge if you don't see you need to emerge? Um, so, and it's saying that um, because of this recognition, it says, uh, if you are unable to accomplish even your own aims, what need is there to mention that you cannot accomplish those of others? Since such wandering is the door to all problems, bodhisattvas must be more disenchanted with cyclic existence than Hinayana practitioners and must stop their own wandering caused by karma and the afflictions. And then it says, the bodhisattvas are actually must enjoy being reborn in cyclic existence through their aspirational prayers and compassion. So they're being born through aspirational prayers, being born uh, through compassion. It says, uh, Hinayana practitioners must stop their own wandering caused by karma and the afflictions. So the Bodhisattva is not wandering because of karma and afflictions. The Bodhisattva is forced by love and compassion into that state. And they're not, those two things are not the same. Digso. Material <laughs> Let uh, okay, so number four actually starts um, um, uh, where it says wandering. Kabagut, Jipa Kabagut. Jipa, Tata Mashiba, 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 Tata Mashi
Okay, so it looks like it. Then the Dida Gupa Gongi Go Yimbe Temen Le Jeshin, the Zippa Temen de Jeshin, the Zippa Tata Mashiba, the Dani Gupa Gongi Go Yimbe Mario de Tame, the Sumba Sumba. Okay, so now I was correct before. All right, all right, so number four starts here. Failing to make this distinction leads to the qualms like that above. The Bodhisattva level says that if the proponents of such a position have taken the vows of a Bodhisattva, then they have committed a misdeed permeated with afflictions. However, fearing too many words, I will not quote the passage in full. Then seek Mambu. See Mansu Dopa Majiso. Okay, so that's where four ends. All right, we're, we're good. Okay. So it's saying that, um, so this part's referring to uh, those two ways of being reborn are not the same. Uh, being reborn by way of aspirational prayers and compassion is not the same as being born under the influence of karma and afflictions. And failing to make this distinction leads to qualms like that above. And then it says, the Bodhisattva level says that if proponents of such a position have taken the vows of a Bodhisattvas, then have committed a misdeed permeated with afflictions. Uh, um, however, fearing too many words, I will not quote the passage in full. Did Dondagare, the Shanchi Sembi Domba, they 
So it's saying that um, I'm, not, I'm not seeing the connection. I'm sorry. Maybe it's clear to everyone but me in the room. So I was asking Rinpoche what, what the point that's being made here. It says, such, says that if proponents of such a position have taken the vows of a bodhisattva, then they have committed a misdeed permeated with affliction. So if uh, these two, these show, saying that these two, Rinpoche is saying, are these one or other? Are they the same or different? One or other? Rinpoche is saying they're different. They're other. Why are they other? Um, because being born under the influence of compassion and, and aspirations is different than being born under the influence of uh, karma and the afflictions. So if you don't see that as different, then... Uh, the bodhisattva, it's, it's a, it says then, uh, then, and I don't understand, if you do, then it, it says that if the proponents of such a position have taken the vows of a bodhisattva, so those who think that they're not different take bodhisattva vows, then they have committed a misdeed permeated with afflictions. However, fearing too many words, I will not quote the passage in, in full. Then the Shanchi Sembi Dumba Garishine the the Megewa Yure. What the Shan let on Yum Hijita Melon Gichiwa de why? So it breaks the Bodhisattva vow by somehow it breaks the Bodhisattva vow by seeing these two as being the same. So the breaks the Bodhisattva vow. If someone believes that being born under the influence of compassion and aspirational prayers is the same as being born under the influence of karma and afflictions. If that person has a bodhisattva vow, then that belief breaks the bodhisattva vow. Coming back to help others again and again. So when we look at the um, Bodhisattva vows, uh, we see the first vow, um, um, and we can we find these vows in some of the texts in the succession Guru Yoga, where the first Bodhisattva vow is not criticizing others for the sake of your own purpose or your own gain. Um, so uh, this is the first Bodhisattva vow. Then the Shanchi Sembi Dumba Tambo the Chadwe 
Stating the first Bodhisattva vow. I just didn't know if that was the one you broke when you decided these two are the same. <laughs> this happens every once in a while, and the translator's not clear. So now we're moving to five. Shirawa. Hence, it's amazing. Shibisilla で、I was just trying to find a quote. Rimache was uh, quoting the third chapter of the Abhisama Alamkara. Uh, and showing uh, how, let me read this first. Hence, it's amazing that the bodhisattvas see the defects of cyclic existence and are thoroughly disgusted, yet do not give up their vow because they are motivated uh, by great compassion. If those who see the wonders of cyclic existence as like a celestial mansion without reducing their craving in the slightest claim to be serving others, how could their unwillingness uh, to abandon cyclic existence please the wise? And then they have a quote from uh, Baba Vega's part of the uh, middle way. I wish I could find this. Let me see it. Ninji, you're right. Have some Gola Ramasan. Okay, Rimache said it's don't worry about it, uh, we'll move forward. And 
Nabo,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的,我的
Hence, it is amazing that bodhisattvas see the defects of cyclic existence and are thoroughly disgusted, yet do not give up their vow because they are motivated by great compassion. So they have this desire to definitely emerge from cyclic existence, or they, ha um, they have this renunciation, but their compassion drives them to cyclic existence to help sentient beings. So um, uh, if those who see the wonders of cyclic existence as like a celestial mansion without reducing their craving in, even in the slightest, claim to be serving others, how could their unwillingness to abandon cyclic existence please the wise? So if they haven't ban abandoned cyclic existence, if they, they have this craving for cyclic existence and craving for things like a celestial mansion, how could they possibly work for the needs of others if they um, see cyclic existence as no problem or as, uh, as um, something that is wondrous? Um, so, uh, and then it says, um, how could this please the wise? Um, so how could this way of thinking be what the Buddha intended, the scholar intended? This doesn't, um, doesn't, um, isn't concordant with what's presented. Um, and it says, since bodhisattvas see the faults of cyclic existence, they do not uh, remain here. So they have a desire to definitely emerge from cyclic existence. Um, uh, um, so, it, meaning that they they don't uh, um, they don't have to stay in cyclic existence. They don't have to stay in cyclic existence because they care for others. They do not remain in nirvana. So their their compassion and their aspirational prayers um, that are made for the sake of others don't allow them to stay in an abiding nirvana. They're in a non-abiding nirvana because of this love and compassion that forces them. Uh, into, to remain in cyclic existence. So it says in order to fill, fulfill the needs of others, they resolve to remain in cyclic existence. Um, so this is uh, what is meant in number five. So this quote is from Baba Vega. We see Baba Vega over there. Sumba, Nipa, the second, uh, second master is uh, Baba Vega. He wrote, um, uh, Baba Vega was a great Nalanda scholar, and he wrote uh, The Heart of the Middle Way uh, and many other um, very important texts. Uh, he's the, um, said to be the opener of the chariot way for the Middle Way Autonomy School. Uh, um, so, uh, there are two um, uh, different types of uh, middle way autonomy. Uh, the, 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 he's a sutra, the dode. Okay, so Baba. 
Radio Vishada So Baba Vega is not only called the, um, called the opener of the chariot way for the Middle Way Autonomy School. The Middle Way Autonomy School has two subdivisions. The Middle Way Autonomy School leaning towards the Sutra tradition and the um, uh, yogic uh, Middle Way Autonomy School. Um, so Baba Vega is not only the opener of the chariot way to the Middle Way Autonomy School, he's the opener of the chariot way to the Middle Way Autonomy School tending towards the Sutra School. And Shandarashita is said to be the opener of the chariot way of the yogic Middle Way Autonomy School. The one, and that leans more towards the middle um, mind-only school, um, just as a note. But it's called the yogic, um, but it's more like mind-only. The other's more like um, sutra school. So, Shandarashita uh, was responsible uh, for um, um, making the Sayyik uh, monastery uh, in Tibet, establishing the Sayyik monastery in Tibet. What the Sayyik monastery is so, and then also, so Shandarashita was the first scholar of the Nalanda tradition to teach in Tibet, and then Kamalashila also um, was uh, a teacher uh, in Tibet. So the Sanyik uh, Monastery first had seven monks uh, when it was established. And then they had the great um, translation uh, activities that went on there uh, where they translated the important texts from Pali and Sanskrit into Tibetan. And this is is where we, uh, why we're able to have this Kangjir and Tanjir, the pronouncements of Lord Buddha, and then the authentic Indian commentaries. Uh, They came from that translation uh, that took place in Tibet in Sanyik Sulakong, Sanyik Monastery. And then the Kanjir and Tanjir, uh, Tanjir then uh, um, were able to um, be Himalaya K. Okay, so these texts then have been able to um, uh, be or been able to be in or uh, uh, um, be part of the tradition in. Uh, the Himalaya region, region, as well as Mongolia and other places, because of this. So when we speak of the Tibetan Buddha Dharma, the first presenter of that style was Shandarashita in Tibet. Uh, and then uh, okay and then there were Hashan Drapaling uh, there were many uh, monas- Chinese monasteries that were 
around during that time as well. What the Bulberg, Tando Oma, Lumine Danger, the Bulpay, Marotet, Tando de Kunzle, Lumine Danger, Omanjabo Drangodwa, Omanjabole, Juntus and a Seba Miss, Santu Samba to call Juntungres, call Nebanjungre, and call Gabu Marciba Miss, Juntus and a Seba Me, Santu Samba to call Juntusena, and call Gabu Marcibal Gabu Marciba Me. Ona Sibana nebashes, and Siba Punsana Sibal Nevores, Sibal Maganaya, Jendung Jeng Tonto, Sibal Nevores, Chesunzoosa. Since bodhisattvas see the faults of cyclic existence, so they see the negativities of cyclic existence, they do not remain there. Because they care for others, they do not remain in nirvana. So they don't abide in nirvana because of their needs. Uh, they need to help others. Uh, they care for others. In order to fulfill the needs of others, they resolve to remain in cyclic existence. So they abide. They stay in cyclic existence in order to work for others, in order to fulfill whatever others' needs are. Hinge um, uh, so, uh, this is number six now. Uh, once you see the limitless sufferings of all living beings, such as the 110 sufferings explained in the Bodhisattva levels, you allow this to be the cause for great compassion. This time, when you cultivate a heart that has forceful and enduring inability to withstand the sight of other sufferings, it would be contradictory to not be even slightly disenchanted with cyclic existence. Uh, so, it's very similar to the um, Shanti Devas. Bodhichara Avatara, Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, where it says, uh, um, if you haven't even uh, um, thought of your own plight, your own sufferings, uh, how could you even dream of others? Uh, you haven't, how could you even dream of thinking of others? Um, so that's the same is meant here. Uh, great compassion is caused by a desire to definitely emerge. Um, in order for great compassion to arise, this uh, renunciation has to be present. It becomes a cause for 
uh, renunciation. Great compassion doesn't happen without it. Um, so it's showing that um, you have to cultivate this very forceful desire to definitely emerge, to then want to emerge everyone else. Um, so uh, this is what is meant by that. Um, and uh, there has to be this uh, um, disenchantment uh, to be uh, with cyclic existence because it would contradict um, this idea to free everyone um, if, if everything was fine, if everything was not a, a problem or not, um, uh, there wasn't a, a problem, there wasn't anything wrong. Shootala so number six says, once you see livid, limitless sufferings of all living beings, such as the 110 sufferings explained in the Bodhisattva levels, uh, so in Asanga's Bodhisattva levels, there are uh, 110 sufferings are pointed out. Um, you allow this to be the cause for great compassion. So this desire to emerge that you arrive at from studying suffering, from understanding suffering and wishing to emerge from it becomes the cause for great compassion. At this time, when you cultivate a heart that has a forceful and enduring ability to withstand the sight of other sufferings, it would be uh, contradictory to not be even slightly disenchanted with cyclic existence. So if you have this uh, um, idea that you wish uh, um, uh, uh, to free others from suffering, um, then it would be mutually exclusive with not being disenchanted with cyclic existence. Um, so that's what the meaning of this is. Like the idea of, of um, um, understanding all of the sufferings and having great compassion and cultivating a heart that can't withstand others' suffering, can't even withstand the sight of others' suffering, that idea is mutually exclusive with um, a lack of disenchantment with cyclic existence. 
so here we say, uh, it says, no, this is number seven. The theme of Arya Deva's 400 stanzas is the stages of the path upon where bodhisattvas develop great revulsion for cyclic existence and then seeing living being as their close relatives enter the ocean of cyclic existence for their sake. Um, so now we get to the point uh, where we have to analyze uh, the statement, all sentient beings have been our mother. Uh, so, and then we um, recognize, how did we come about this? This isn't an easy conclusion to make. We have to first understand that we have beginningless rebirth, all sentient beings have beginningless rebirth, and therefore all sentient beings have been our mothers, all sentient beings have been our relatives, all sentient beings have been our brothers, our sisters. Uh, we've had these relationships in all of these different ways because we've been born since beginningless time. Um, so, in uh, Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium for Valid Cognition, it states that there are three signs that show that there are past lives. Um, and it's saying that um, the, the breath, the, um, the uh, sense powers, um, and the, the, the consciousness do not arise from that which is a discordant class. Um, so uh, we say, where does the breathing come from? A previous breathing, there's beginningless breathing. Where do the um, sense powers come? Previous sense powers, beginningless sense powers. Uh, where does the uh, consciousness come from? Previous consciousness, and we find beginningless consciousness. And therefore, those three signs show we be have beginningless rebirth. If we can posit those beginningless breath, beginningless sense power, beginningless consciousness, then we naturally then posit beginningless lives, beginningless rebirth, and then we can arrive at all sentient beings having all of those relationships with us since beginningless time. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we'll end there. And uh, we'll go through this again in the future. Um, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. Go to Mongolia, 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 go to
Including model offering and dedication prayer, the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of all traditions deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. Powerful Abhulgateshvara, Tenzin Yatso, may you stay until samsara's end. Pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rumche Guzi Shapi Denrala.